Welcome back to the Chasing Tone Podcast. I am Brian Wampler, and today I have a very special friend of mine, Victor Lee, and we talk about dialing in EQ on a song versus a pedal uh, demo. We talk about creating songs and how, um, how to really dial in tones to fit the song and, and, and using different effects to fit moods. We talk about the new Thornbucker Plus pickup, and we also talk about impulse responses. So let's jump right into it. Well, I have a very exciting guest today, exciting for many ways, because he's a friend of mine, and he will soon be a friend of yours, and if you haven't checked out his stuff on YouTube, you're going to have to. I require it. Victor Lee's with me today. Hi. A uh, very young and upcoming guitar player, I guess you could say, right? Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, has, you have a YouTube channel where you do all kinds of stuff. You have your, some of your music on there. And you have some uh, reviews and stuff like that as well, right? Yes. What, what's your YouTube correct. channel name? Uh, it is youtube.com slash victorlee335. Victorlee335. I do not own a 335 oh, yet. That was my next <laughs> question. Is, is, that beca- is that because of the uh, guitar? or is that it, because- it is because of the guitar. It's, uh, it's just my desire to own one. I have not yet to so, have one. <laughs> so let me get this straight. You want a Gibson 335. Yes. Yet I'm staring at probably, what, a $3,000 Sir, maybe? Um, Two of them? Well, that is not that expensive, but but okay. it is a sir, indeed. right? But um, so it's not your typical squire, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess what I'm saying is, technically, you could sell one and buy the three thirty five. That yes, that is um, actually um, I struggle a lot because like when I have ha- do have the money to buy a three thirty five, like I gravitate towards like an S style guitar, like another mm-hmm. S style, because you can't never have enough strats, you know? right? Right. <laughs> Uh, or Telecasters. Or Telecasters, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I have one, two, three, four, five, six Telecasters up there. Oh, wow. Yeah, you are a Tele fan. <laughs> I, I do like Telecasters. <laughs> I'm in awe staring at it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, a couple questions I want to ask you for, mm-hmm. for this episode. I think one of the, the big things I want to kind of go around is tones in music, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, but the first thing, and I'll get to that. The first thing I want to talk to you about is the stuff on your record, or on, on your record. I'm, I'm such an old fart. <laughs> Back on your record, you know, I was your age. We we, we didn't have them fancy <laughs> tape players. Um, so, on, on, you know, on the music you're creating, you always seem to get very specific tones for very specific parts in order to create like an emotion or a feeling or just you know, a sense of, just a sense of emotion, I guess, just from just from the sound and choice of effects alone. Right. So, like, what's kind of going through your head when you're doing that? Uh, well, I, I think, uh, first and foremost, uh, the tone is definitely a part of emotion. So, um, I don't know, if I'm thinking, like, a jangly... Uh, like an edge of breakup thing, like I would uh, reach for like a Voxy style amp with with uh, EL eighty fours and some light overdrives. Mm-hmm. Pick the guitar that's like you know not too uh, dark. Um, so sitting and and sitting the mid range, I, I feel like mid range sets up uh, the mood in terms of uh, uh, lead tones, especially mm-hmm. like when like where you want to sit a lead guitar in in a mix. So I would carefully. Think of that and right. and realize you know where I want to sit the guitars depending on which frequency which mid frequency I want. So I, I would uh, pick different distortion pedals, different amps, mm-hmm. you know, different guitars, you know, 
so how do you know what like how do you know what frequency you're looking for um it, it is very hard to say like it's there's no hard and fast rule to me it's um it's like something you're hearing in your head exactly exactly yeah so it's not like if i want it to be metal i'm at you know i need a 57 and i need a metal zone and you know <laughs> In a PV bandit, right? <laughs> right, right. Like, <laughs> if I want a more, more like honky, like um, mid rangey thing, more like a uh thing, I would pick uh, this mahogany mm-hmm. guitar with like a slightly hot pickup. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if I want something more ah uh, sound, open, mm-hmm. where like um, lighter lead sound, I would pick a strat style with the PAF style humbucker in the bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, that sort of thing, you know. Right and Les Paul styles definitely have a different, different punch than you know something like this. Right, right. So whenever you're doing that, are you hearing like effects as well? Are you, are you thinking that, you know, I need delays that are doing this and they sound like this with a reverb over the top and, you know, like are you thinking along those lines as well, or is that something that you're experimenting with after you've got it recorded, or what's your process for that? Usually, I record everything dry. Um, just to have options uh, for me to play around mm-hmm. with like different wet effects, mm-hmm. and um, for delays and reverbs and things like that, like I approach it more spatially. So like, what kind of stereo image am I going for? So you know, is mm-hmm. it like a ping pong delay, left and right bouncing, uh, bouncing thing, or is it more like a tape delay that is uh, panned to you know a specific direction and doesn't really bounce around? It's just there to right. cheer you up, right? Um, yeah, so modulation is a different story, but. Okay, cool. So that actually segues perfectly into where I'm uh, thinking of next. And that's, and we had this discussion a little bit ago, mm-hmm. uh, dialing EQ in a song like you just talked about mm-hmm. versus like doing a pedal demo. Right. You know, I mean, I know, and I, had, I was having this talk with uh, Blake Wyland as well, mm-hmm. where you see a lot of guys just throw a 57 in front of a, front of an amp right and that's what they do their demo with mm-hmm. and, I, and and that's great it's a very inexpensive mic mm-hmm. uh, affordable mic i should say right uh, everybody's got one it is you a can, stable yeah i mean like every everybody who records a guitar pretty much has a 57 right. right so i mean like you know what that sounds like mm-hmm. uh, i always like to use a couple different mics that i'm i'm trying to get the sound of the actual amp in the room you as know close I mean? as possible as close as possible so which is totally different than like a recorded tone Exactly. Uh, so we did that video a little bit, uh, a little bit ago, which uh, when you listen to this podcast, it would be like a week ago. <laughs> but, <laughs> Indeed. Right. So a week ago, we did that podcast. And um, or, I'm sorry, that video. And, uh, you know, you're like, we need to cut some bass out of it. And we need to ma- raise some, you know, you're basically saying, I need a 57. Here. Right, right. <laughs> and I'm like, but it's set up for a pedal demo. <laughs> so, I mean, we got, we got very creative on, on, you know, what type of pedals to achieve that. So it's mm-hmm. kind of cool to really just uh, kind of approach it from a whole different angle than you would if you sat down and said, I'm going to record this song. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or, uh, you, you know, something along those lines. Right. So I think, um, and I think that's one thing that, you know, I, I don't know if a lot of people put a whole lot of thought or even maybe they don't know. I don't know. I'm sure they do, but I don't, I don't know if, if people put a whole lot of thought in, mm-hmm making the pedal demo itself sound as accurate as possible versus making it sound like it's going to fit in the context of a rock song or something. You get what I mean? Uh, yes, yes. So, you know, like, for example, like using the 57. 
great sound, but it's it is heavy in a two k, I think two and a half k region somewhere in mm-hmm. there. There, mm-hmm. um, you know, unless you're real close to the speaker, you're going to cut some bass. Exactly. Uh, it, you know, if you're the f- and but you're going to get. I'm sorry. If you're real close to the speaker, you're going to add, add some, some bass. bass. Yeah, <laughs> the proximity effect. So the further away you move it away, you're going to lose bass. Right. And it's very directional, you know, versus like a condenser that's mm-hmm. going to capture. It's a little more. Um, it's not totally omnidirectional, but a little bit more, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, th- th- and that's always interesting to me. Do, like you as a kind of a consumer, I guess, of, mm-hmm. of gear videos, do you like it whenever someone's miking the amp better or do you like it better whenever someone, like someone's got a camera audio? Which do you feel is more Oh, accurate? definitely, definitely miking, definitely miking. Really? Yeah, because when I'm looking for um, whatever gear, I am instantly thinking recording. Mm-hmm. Because um, that's primarily what I do these days, um, uh, whether it is playing for other people or like playing for my own music. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely miking. Right. And speaking of miking, you got this Sir, uh, what is it? Re- reactive, reactive load. Reactive load. Yes. Yeah. So, and you're kind of explaining to me about that. Mm-hmm. Do, uh, I mean, is that something that you like to use out of convenience or is it, I mean, what's, like for you, what's the main benefit of of that piece? Uh, let's see, a whole lot actually. It has changed my life, uh, to be honest, uh, because I don't really have a room, like a live room, to mic like great cabinets with you know good microphones like you do. Um, well, I have MXLs. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm not using ten thousand dollar microphones. <laughs> well, still, like I, I, all I have is a, a little closet. Um, so to me, it sounds better when I use an IR, like mm-hmm. a captured um, impulse response of a great room with the great microphones with great uh, preamplifiers and whatnot. Right. Uh, that bottled sound sounds better to me than me trying to mic up a cabinet in a closet with a 57. Right. Because you're so limited to what exactly, you have. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And then if I want to blend in uh, two microphones like ribbon and a dynamic, I don't have to think about getting the phase right, you know. Right. Um, the balancing right and whatnot. Um, if I just load an IR that I really like, it's always right. going to be there. It's going to sound exactly the same, mm-hmm. um, and I know what it sounds like. So, right. So it's it's definitely both convenience and um, sonic mm-hmm. advantage. So, have you ever used like an analog style uh, amp amp simulator? Uh, you know, amp simulator, I guess. Yes, um, I have used a, a pedal. That is very similar to Sansamp, mm-hmm. the Liverpool Sansamp. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't that particular pedal, but it was a knockoff. It was a knockoff of, of it? that, yes. Uh, yeah, I remember seeing. I forget what brand it is now, but yeah, I remember seeing that. Yes. Uh, so it's basically I, it's the same thing, just made somewhere where, you know where it's more less expensive. Yeah, without the speaker defeat feature, so the speaker oh, really? sim is always on. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I know. So, so sometimes it sounds really great. Other yes. times it's. Eh, I've done an open mic with it. Uh, it sounded great, clean, mm-hmm. honestly. And it, it is kind of off when I go to bridge position and then trying to do the right. uh, crunch thing. I think that's where the analog uh, amp sims struggle the most. To me, mm-hmm. to me, like in my experience. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah. So, so if you had, do you, do you feel that one has, now not speaking of price or anything, mm-hmm. like sound-wise, tone-wise, mm-hmm. in your opinion, as someone who records mostly, would you prefer an impulse response or would you prefer analog? I would definitely prefer impulse response. Would you? Yes. W- what about using something that's like a digital EQ? Uh, like a sound or even sound profiling or anything like that? Right. Um, 
See, I have not actually captured an impulse response myself. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm not, I don't really know the process, like, a palm of my hands. But right. uh, I feel like impulse responses captures more than just the EQ curve of a specific sound. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know whether it be the reflection of the room right. or... Well, it's kind of all that, right? Exactly, yeah. So, because the way impulse responses work, basically, you're running a signal into the cabinet. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you, it's... You had the microphone set up the mm-hmm. way you want them, whichever microphones you want, <laughs> and like you get the whole sound. So right. it's bouncing off walls, and the mic's picking up a little bit. Oh, totally. Those little reflections, you know. Totally. So and uh, and you know what's really cool is impulse response based reverbs, mm-hmm. convolution reverbs. Convolution reverbs. Yeah. yeah. So and I mean just it's night and day the difference <laughs> between like a DSP reverb and um, and you know like a convolution reverb. Mm-hmm. Just you know. So it's 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 exciting, especially on my end, as I see like we're things are kind of heading mm-hmm. and as we're learning new things to be able to do that right, stuff right. um it, it's exciting that to, to kind of push forward in that field mm. you know even though like to others they may not look like it because like you just released an overdrive dude it's like yeah <laughs> but you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes <laughs> you know like there's a team of monkeys who i'm yes. training to write dsp code <laughs> <laughs> And the head of him is Jake Steffes. I'm yes. <laughs> He's going to love that. <laughs> so, okay, so you got the Sir. You like impulse responses. And you talked about the Ownhammer uh, impulse responses mm-hmm. specifically. Mm-hmm. And uh, are they are the Celestian impulse responses out now? Or? Celestian impulse responses, they're out, yeah. They are yeah, available. It's fairly new. Right. So basically, for anyone who's, who doesn't know what we're talking about, Celestian, the speaker brand, actually came out with their own impulse responses. Uh, I haven't tried them yet, but I assume that if the speaker company is making an impulse response, it's pretty damn accurate. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. probably pretty like good. they know. Yeah, I mean, they're not a little small company. Right. You know, often some, like you said, some closet somewhere trying to make their own <laughs> impulse response. I mean, they probably put a ton of money into it to try to get it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know the own hammer stuff, uh, at least some of the ones I've heard are just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also bad impulse responses too. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, there's, I've heard some, some pretty rough ones. I'm like, whew, I could probably get that sound by turning <laughs> down the 6k on my boss EQ pedal. <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> and I don't think that's not a fault of own hammer. I think it's just from everybody trading impulse responses. Yeah. Which is a, you know, I know I'm like totally rabbit holing everywhere here, but that's another cool thing about impulse responses is if you do have a cool one, you can like email it to me, yes. you know, and now I have the sound is of it, your Is amp. it legal? Well, I mean, if you make it. <laughs> oh, if I made yeah, it. Okay, like, okay, you, yeah. yeah. Not yeah, I mean, if it's like a commercial. Yeah, it's probably, yeah. No, I, I mean, it's definitely not legal to like <laughs> buy all company A's impulse responses and be like, I'm going to send you my library. Yeah, I'm going to sell these on eBay on a CD. <laughs> immediate download <laughs> I probably wouldn't do that that's probably a great way to get sued um, but I mean it's handy though like if I happen to have one that I particularly like and you're trying mm-hmm. to match that sound or that amp or whatever mm-hmm. uh, you know it's a handy thing to do mm-hmm. so I think um, it, it's a cool it's a very cool idea of, the, of a, a direction that DSP is going yes you know? so, and you do engineering stuff right Yes, I'm an electrical engineer. You're an electrical engineer. Mm-hmm. What? So, and again, another rabbit hole. What are you studying for guitar pedal stuff, or are you going to actually do something that makes money? <laughs> <laughs> wow, if you put it that way. Um, <laughs> I mean, ultimately, I would um, love to do something that I don't feel like it's work. 
So um, she want to make guitar you wanna, audio. She want to test is, cookie dough for a living. That doesn't sound like work to me, so I'll uh, I'll take that. That's what I always said. If I if I could just be a cookie dough tester for a living, oh, life would be my life easier. would be complete. Yes. <laughs> so wow. a close second is guitar pedals. I'm not too far off, but it's not as good as cookie not, dough. Uh, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> so so and you're studying at Purdue. Mm-hmm. Um, are you a junior? Senior? I am a junior. You're a junior. Okay, so. Kind of like walk me through the stuff that you guys are in a third year engineering program. How, um, I mean, kind of walk me how that re- is relational to guitar pedals, or even if it is, I mean, it, it may not be in any way. Mm-hmm. What's, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, well, first of all, if you're thinking like overdrive or distortion uh, pedals, the school doesn't teach you how to distort an audio, uh, they want everything to be as clean as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably something that you would have to learn yourself. And I'm thinking, um, as Jake told me, so <laughs> <laughs> Jake Stephens, uh, yes. yeah. uh, I'm also taking a microcontroller, uh, class, which is very practical in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm learning a lot. Um, it is a lot to digest, to be honest. Right. Um, I asked a lot of questions. <laughs> Are you ever like, but how do those capacitors sound in a guitar pedal circuit? Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that you just have to test it out, like, you know, film versus... You, uh, do you ever ask your professor, like, should I, oh, should, should I use film capacitors? That should be this? my next question. My next office hour, I'm just going in with the, my guitar and say, hi, uh, what if I use this capacitor versus this one? <laughs> so... So is that something that you are kind of you are going to kind of try to get? Into I am. Track, I am definitely interested in that audio field. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or, or more like recording, maybe. I mean, do you have a, like a specialty that you're shooting for, or at this point? Um, I mean, it is changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, last semester, I was really into uh, plugins, like audio plugins. Oh yeah. Just just because I was you know using a lot of them, you right. know, trying to record. They're addicting. They are addicting. They're very <laughs> this, subtle. It is like buying guitar pedals, except it's much cheaper. Well, now I take that back. Some of them are much cheaper because there's a lot of free plugins. Exactly. exactly. Some of them are much more expensive. Yeah, than right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's so many of them. Oh, yeah. You know? Once you start to hear like the differences that, you know, each plugin, like this compressor, it, it is 1176. But, you know, can I say, like mention a sure, company name? Sure. Like, you know, waves make one, mm-hmm. you know, if they make it, it sounds a certain way. Mm-hmm. If I'm uh, using a Steven Slate one, it sounds different. One right. of the logic sounds different. It right. is all 1176 um, model, but it, it is different. It's kind of like their interpretation of exactly. it, Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, so it is addicting. It is definitely mm-hmm. addicting. Um, those, those subtleties are definitely uh, contributing to a particular part, like I said before. Right. It is all, you know, addition of different small right. things. So are, are you in, in school, are you able to do any, like, pedal projects or anything like that? Uh, for senior design, um, no, I take that back, not the senior design. In my microcontroller mm-hmm. uh, class, you can utilize a microcontroller to do a mini project at the end of the semester. And some people do MIDI stuff, hmm. which is sort of music related, Yeah, you know, um, like a launch pad sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you could also do like a guitar automatic tuner, like Gibson's. <laughs> you can sort of, <laughs> sort of do that, you know, like to read the right. frequency of the string and then match yeah. that. Um, not particularly a guitar pedal. Um, I mean, you can probably do like modulation stuff, right? Right. 
So, so, so that's kind of too old school, then I guess for engineering in 2017. If, I mean, if I guess so. I mean, musicians like old school. I like old school. I mean, I mean, for, I'm sorry. For like, if you're in college and you're right. as a project, right. Your like, professor's going to be like, "We're not doing. We're tubes. not doing that. Definitely not. <laughs> we're not doing tubes. Like that's way, way back. You know, we have transistors now. <laughs> right. And like, but you don't understand. The tubes sound yeah. so much better. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and that's. Um, it's it's always interesting, at least to me from my side. It's always interesting whenever a guitar player is in engineering, because yeah, it's it's really different whenever there's an engineer who happens to have a guitar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like so, he knows like a couple chords and he bangs around on it, but he's still primarily an engineer at the end of the day, right? Versus a guy that like knows how to play guitar, you know, really well. And now he's approaching engineering from a whole different mindset. You know what I mean? And his, uh, yeah, his, it makes sense. His ears are already like yours. You've been playing for a while, and, and your ears are dialed in. You know, so you understand that there are these intricacies that you may not may not be able to see on a piece of paper mm-hmm. or some spreadsheet somewhere, but it's very real. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's 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 always interesting to me because there's not there's not a whole lot of people who have that ability who have the two the two left and right brain mm-hmm. approaches to stuff. You know, so yeah, that's, that that'd be a good thing for you, I think. Yeah, I believe so too. I am, yeah. So it'd be fun. Yep. Um, let's see, and then finally, so that I'll segue very smoothly, like that was, into the next subject, which is, <laughs> I see you have a sir guitar with an odd pickup in it. <laughs> it's a lonely little chap just sitting there by itself with its Aww. two, its two um, are those ivory or white. Those it is wired. actually shoreline gold. It changes color under. I mean the pickups. I'm sorry. Oh, the pickups. Yeah, it is uh, cream. I okay, think. so it's like they two cream. So this this one would be like a, a, a like black, white-ish. like a blackish mm-hmm. metal pickup. That that's a metal. Pickup, that is right? n- not a metal pickup. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> it is actually Pete Thorne's pickup. Uh, oh, is Thorn, it Thornbucker Plus? Oh, nice. I'll nico two. Was mm-hmm. it four? I'm not quite sure. Sorry, Pete. <laughs> I think it's four. <laughs> Definitely not five because you know, I'm used to uh, the five, Alnico five. Mm-hmm. Alnico five PAFs have more like a sharper attack and stuff, and it, it is smoother. So, um, is it? yeah, it took some adjusting, but uh, now I have this guitar. So that can be so, a so that one softer. Sits. Gotcha. Yes. So, was that how many pickups did you go through to get that one? Oh, like six different picks, pickups. Really? Yes. So, oh, man. after six, that's what you settled on. That's what or I have five. now. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> How how did, what what was what how am I, what am I trying to say? How did you get from point A to point B? Like how did you arrive at this point after all those pickups? What was wrong with them that you didn't like? And you know, and we'll we'll address that along the way. So like the, you, at, the first thing you had was obviously the stock one. Mm-hmm. You didn't like the stock one just because. Uh, it is not that I didn't like the stock one. It is just my my musical taste changing, the things I play changing. Um, so yeah, it, it is merely my personal right. preference changing. So it's like buying a different guitar pillow. You're just like, it's right. cool. I'm just ready for something different. To me, pickups are um, more. I don't know. Like I don't know. Like for lack of better words, closer to my physical touch Mm -hmm. i guess because it is like the first thing that picks up the audio you know like it is picking up my touches and whatnot um so i mean i do hear 
big differences in my playing when I have a different pickup. Mm. I don't know if it sounds odd to some people, but like personally, I right. think I play differently on different pickups. So. Right. So what did you go to after your stock pickup? Uh, the stock was V70s and an SSV. Mm-hmm. So I changed that to uh, V60s. Okay. And I kept the SSV. And then in order to balance that out, because V70s are a little less output than V60s. Mm-hmm. So I changed that to v, SSV+. Plus, okay. And then I bumped that up to SSH, which is a bit hotter, like mm-hmm. 12K or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10K or 12K. <laughs> and um, I'm bad with numbers here. Uh, and then, That's not good for an engineer. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then I got a Thornbucker, the stock Thornbucker. Right. Uh, with the nickel cover. And then uh, I wanted something a little bit hotter. So I went to SS, no, Thornbucker Plus. <laughs> These things make that up. But I, I am uh, settling. Oh, and then the neck pickups now is at B60LP. Okay, so Very you change that too then. So it, what I always notice about changing pickups is one, one pickup may sound great in guitar number one. Mm-hmm. And you take that same pickup out, put it in guitar number two, and it's totally radically different. Exactly. You know, have you noticed that same thing? Yes. I feel like pickups, you don't really know what it sounds like until you put it in your your guitar. Right. Play through so, your setup. And I've seen like on some websites where they'll have like a, a ch- like kind of like a chart of what it sounds mm-hmm. like. And I'm like, I mean, I, maybe you can kind of approach it that way. But I mean... It's still going to be like different from guitar like to guitar. Like a guessing game. Like to me, it's more like a comparison uh, sort of thing. Like if I have a certain pickup mm-hmm. and I'm seeing a chart with like treble, it is treble on seven, bass in four, mm-hmm. mids in five or something. And then the other pickup has like treble and bass lower and then the middle is up. So, okay, this is going to be more a meaty right. uh, sounding pickup. So but, I can get that much, but like I right. wouldn't exactly know, you know. Yeah, I think you would have to take that with the like if you know that your guitar's dark, dark, mm-hmm. then you don't want to probably don't want to pick up that's going to roll off a lot of treble. Right, you right. Know what I mean, mm-hmm. so yeah, makes total sense. All right, so very cool. Do you have a website yet? I have a website www.victorleemusic.com. You can visit cool. me there. And is all your social stuff there? All my social medias are linked to it. Mm-hmm. So. They're linked to it, or are they linked from your website? From my website. Okay, okay. So yeah. Okay, cool. So, so make sure you check them out on like, Instagram, t- Instagram, and Twitter, <laughs> and Tinder, and oh, the no, Tinder. Like, no, just, <laughs> just teasing. Don't don't look that up. You don't want that. Yeah, you don't want that. Uh, you're probably on Face. You're on Facebook, right? I am on Facebook. I don't have a page yet. Should you don't I create a page. Nah. Because you, you can do you can do like business stuff. Uh, uh, um. With your Instagram, like you can do yes. um, advertisement. <laughs> you, <laughs> like you can a, advertise. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe I should make one. You can. That may be an option. So, mm-hmm. uh, so everyone listen. Make sure you check Victor's stuff out. Uh, also, go to make sure you go to his YouTube page because there's some really good stuff on there as well. So, appreciate having you, Victor. Thank you. And thank you so much for listening to the Chasing Tone podcast. I really appreciate it. I'd really appreciate it if you could also leave a review on iTunes if you like this podcast. Or even if you don't like this podcast, then leave a positive review. I'd appreciate that as well. Uh, make sure you check us out on Facebook. We have Wampler Pedals Tone Group. We have the Wampler Pedals Group. We have Instagram. We have YouTube stuff. We basically have everything except for Tinder. So make sure you check us out there as well. And we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>